This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they show it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, everybody? Bills Mafia, the wait is almost over. We are about 48 hours from Bills versus Chiefs, the regular season edition. I know we are used to these uh, games happening in the postseason, but this could be a preview of what's to come in January if the Bills and Chiefs do meet up. And this is the preview show. We've offered uh, two shows this week. I hope you've been able to check them out. Ryan and I talked about a a bunch of different storylines on Wednesday. I had Ariel Hawani on the show yesterday. And now we welcome in uh, from Arrowhead Pride, uh, Pete Sweeney. What's up, Pete? How are you? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Um, I'm happy to to do it. I I joked with you on on Twitter. I used to get quizzed on Syracuse.com when I was an orange grad student. So uh, happy to always um, chip in where I can. That's awesome. Uh, We're excited to talk about this game. And as always, we're excited about the latest going on at Tops Markets. Right now, enter for a chance to win a million dollars. Each week, Kings Hawaiian is pitting two city sliders against each other in the ultimate showdown. And you get to help decide the winner. Vote weekly for your favorite regional slider for a chance to win all season long and earn entries toward the $1 million prize. Explore the interactive stadium to play games, get recipes, share photos, and more, visit topsmarkets.com slash redzone to enter. All right, Pete, uh, some injury news coming out of Kansas City today. Seems like the the, the Chiefs are going to be down a couple cornerbacks. What's the situation going on uh, back there for the Chiefs? Yeah, the, the Chiefs definitely have, have injury issues in the defensive back room and a little bit of a surprise today because I, I think all of us that are on the beat, we were thinking that Trent McDuffie, the first-round pick, was going to be back for this game. And then when we spoke to Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, he said probably going to be another week, which is, it usually equates it, that they're not going to take him off injured reserve. So uh, with Rashad Fenton out, who had been starting, not necessarily playing particularly well, but he had mm-hmm. been starting, uh, he's out this week with a hamstring issue. So now the Chiefs against this high-powered Buffalo Bills offense with Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs will be starting Legarius Steed in the slot. Uh, and I'm talking about the nickel here, Legarius Steed in the slot. The seventh rounder, Jalen Watson, who actually has been pretty good, they're, they're turning to Joshua Williams, and okay. and he will be um, getting the start, um, the first start of his career. He played 15 snaps week one, has only played special teams, and then last week he had to come in when Fenton was out. And if you guys watched that game, it's it was for the play in which uh, Devontae Adams and, and Hunter Renfro crashed into each other. Uh, yeah, Williams man. was on Adams uh, on that play. And that's it. 17 defensive snaps in his career um, for the biggest game of the season. We talked to him in the locker room. He seems pretty confident, but uh, this is certainly a, a big spot for him and definitely a concern for Chiefs fans. You know, you just mentioned it. I was just going to bring up your article that you, you talked about here with Williams. What did he say about this moment and this opportunity? 
Well, we all felt a little silly when we were in the locker room with him because he's like, yeah, the Chiefs uh, told me, the coaching staff told me earlier in the week, and we're like, man, we really thought McDuffie would be back, um, but just, you know, not not ready yet, and I think they're being careful with it because he's important for the Chiefs' chances to win the Super Bowl this season. Uh, and talking with him, he, you know, he said he, he was confident. He's been working all week. He felt pretty good. He's excited uh, for the opportunity. It, it was actually tough for him when McDuffie went down, and then you have a seventh-rounder, get his spot. You know, he was taken in the fourth round. You would have thought it, it might've been him um, initially week one. And, and they go to the seventh rounder, the right call, because Watson was the guy who ran that 99 yard interception return touchdown against the chargers to win that game. Um, and so, you know, I, I, it's excitement and he he's been turning to Watson and Snead all week to make sure that he has defensive plays uh, down and look, I mean, Sometimes, and, and we've seen it all across the NFL, you got to get thrown into the fire to see if these guys can play. And man, like there's little, little other challenges, more challenging teams to come in um, than certainly Josh Allen uh, in this receiving course. So we're, we're going to see really fast if, if Joshua Williams can play. I, I anticipate Allen is going to be picking on number 23 early. Um, I want to get into a little bit more about this this Chiefs defense because uh, there's a lot of you know really marquee players on it, especially in the front seven. But I want to ask about um, the vibe in Kansas City right now. Like we we know we have a good like kind of finger on the pulse of Bills Mafia and how they're kind of approaching this game as you know this crazy kind of flip, which being like a favorite on the road against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, it's kind of wild. But it's been leading up to this point. There's a lot of belief in this team and what they built and adding Von Miller from the, from the Kansas city side of things, how are fans approaching this? Is there a little bit of a, a different vibe around it than in years past where they've, they've kind of been that big brother and it feels like that, or is it still kind of status quo? The expectation is still to have success on such. You know, I, and I've talked about this a lot this week in Kansas city, like this game cannot be bigger for the chiefs. Like there's no way that the chiefs are going into this one you know, thinking we need to win as badly as Buffalo, I believe, wants to win this game, just stemming from last year. And I think the reality around town is like they know it's a it's a big game, but it's just the Bills are not a, a hill that the Chiefs necessarily have to climb. And, and so I, I think that's reality. And I think that's part of the reason why you're seeing Buffalo, who's among the elite in the AFC, even favored in this game. I, I Not that like, you know, wanting it more is necessarily always going to define who wins a football game. Um, but I just think that this game is, is always going to be more important to Buffalo um, just to, to prove it to themselves uh, in a sense. And I think Kansas Cityans are excited and it's not really one of these things where it, it's to the point of like, we, we are looking forward to this game so much. I think there is like a level of annoyance with chiefs fans that um, Buffalo who hasn't been able to beat them in the playoffs is regarded as this easy pick to win the super bowl. So maybe less excitement and more annoyance and kind of like they want to see Kansas city win in, in more of a, we told you so type of way, as opposed to again, this, this hill that we have to climb biggest game of the year by. You know, Pete, you mentioned the fact that the Bills are going into this game as the favorites. Uh, one, has that been a talking point with in the locker room this week among the players? Is it something that maybe if, even if they haven't talked about, do you think maybe this is some kind of like bulletin board material, even though it didn't come from the Bills? It's the odds makers. Yeah. These guys are coming into our house and they're the favorites. Dave Scretta of the Associated Press point blank asked Patrick Mahomes, you know, how does it feel to be an underdog? And his words back were, it is what it is which uh, I'll, I'll tell you in covering Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid is kind of like, spe- you know, um, false speak in, in a way. These guys pay attention. Patrick Mahomes counts to 10 against Mitch Trubisky because the Bears decided to pick uh, Trubisky and he, you know, he fell to 10. 
when he's playing Lamar Jackson, he counts to four, um, you know, with the, the NFL top 100. Uh, he yells once, once they're between the white lines, he yells at, at teams like the Arizona Cardinals. We saw him get into a confrontation with Max Crosby um, last week. This offensive line knew that that Shaq Barrett was calling them weak and and they said they're not really talking about it. They knew about it. Patrick Mahomes knows that he's an underdog going in on, on Sunday. And this is the type of guy where you don't want to provide him any extra motivation. Um, so I, I would tell you, he didn't really comment about it, which is to be expected, but I, I'm telling you that he knows, uh, and, and it will be motivating for him. You know, in years past to me, when we had this conversation on Wednesday, the, the, the number one priority for the bills, because on offense with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, like you knew you were in for a long day, but on, on the defensive side of the ball, it's been kind of like one player that I feel like right or wrong, you kind of focus in on in Chris Jones because he could just be such a game wrecker. How has he played this season? And how how is that that defensive line, that front, how have they performed the first five weeks? The defense has really been a bright spot for the Chiefs. Uh, they they struggled a little bit at the beginning of, of last game, but largely through the five weeks, it's been the most consistent unit, which is weird to say when you have uh, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and and this this offense. Uh, Chris Jones has has had a really nice season, and and I feel like he's finding a way to to pressure quarterbacks, but he, it's it's kind of been overshadowed by these two moments where he cost the Chiefs the game after the ref decided to throw the uh, unnecessary. Uh, flag, um, un- unnecessary conduct flag against the Indianapolis Colts just for chatter. And then last game, uh, he was in the spotlight once again when he got a roughing the passer call that everyone had uh, a problem with, a consensus, which, which, I mean, these days in the world, we can't agree on anything. I think everyone was upset that Chris Jones was um, thrown, you know, uh, that flag. Um, but he's been a dominating force and a defensive line has been better than we thought it would be. And that's stemming from George Karloftis and just how good he has looked. Only one sack, but his motor... Um, was sold to the Chiefs by Purdue, and it has translated to the NFL right away, which we weren't sure because he was a late pick uh, in the first round. Dunlap has been good. And an underrated player the Chiefs actually get back this week, besides Harrison Butker, is Mike Dana. Mike Dana has had uh, a nice season as well. And so uh, you have Frank Clark, even though he has an illness, he'll be playing this game. And the front seven is going to be key. And, and that was a point where I talked to Steve Spagnolo regarding how to defend um, Josh Allen. And he is really emphasizing getting pressure on him with that front four, that front seven, uh, knowing full well that Allen can extend plays and throw which uh, throw against what is going to be these these really young cornerbacks. And, and so um, to me, I, I think the defense should have confidence going into this game. A little bit of a slip up with Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, but I, I think they'll be refocused and have a good plan for, for Allen. And we'll see if they can play well. I, I think the Bills are a team where you know you're, they're going to get you a few times, but I, I think the key for the Chiefs defense this week is going to be having that short memory and, and being able to just get get up, dust yourself off, and try to succeed on the next play. Pete, flipping it over to the other side, then, the offensive line, what's the scouting report on that unit this year? We saw some struggles early in the game against the Raiders. You mentioned it. The Raiders had some success getting after Mahomes early in that game, and then they kind of settled in. Obviously, the Bills made a big splash this offseason, signing Von Miller. Uh, they've seen Greg Rousseau make some impressive gains in, in this season, and that we know their defensive tackle position is deep. So uh, what should they be bracing for with this Chiefs offensive line? The Chiefs offensive line is made up of an all-pro interior 
when you talk about Joe Tooney and Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. Trey Smith didn't play last game, which I think was part of the problem with Max Crosby getting the Chiefs early. Um, the tackles are the weak point of, of this unit. Orlando Brown largely plays well, but there are some times when when he has slow starts that he has to kind of settle in. Uh, Andrew Wiley probably is the, the weakest player on what is a, a pretty, I think, talented offensive line. The weird part about the offensive line that that I have found is they didn't play well against the Indianapolis Colts. Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. They needed to be challenged by Andy Reid to play better uh, against Tampa Bay. I think Shaq Barrett running his mouth and calling them similar to the Super Bowl offensive line that just got destroyed um, really ticked them off. And they played well against Tampa Bay. But then, again, not really having a good game at the beginning against the Las Vegas Raiders. Pat Mahomes said that he had to challenge the O-line again. Orlando Brown had to turn to them and say, look, we need to play better in this game. And I, that was a talking point and a question that I had for a couple people this week. It's like, look, if you start slow against the Buffalo Bills, they may, might be up 17 nothing in the blink of an eye. And I think the Chiefs realize that. I think they understand that they got to play really good football in the trenches for all four quarters. Um, and it's, it, it's just been wondering why it's taken a little bit for them to, to get kickstarted here. Um, but I, I think they have heard the message and we'll see if they play better, but if there are weak points, um, of it, it would be at left tackle, uh, and, and right tackle. And I, I'm interested to, in seeing how, uh, the bills do attack, uh, Andrew Wiley and Orlando Brown, because I, I think certainly it looks like early on, at least they, they should have an advantage in the first quarter. All right, Pete, we're going to get you out of here. But before we do, give us your prediction. How do you see this one going? You know, before the defensive back news today, I, I was I was thinking that that uh, I, it would be the Chiefs and more maybe more of a defensive struggle, like a 24 to 21 win. I, I think for the first time, maybe since, I don't know, 17 I, or 18, I might be picking against the, the Chiefs this week. I, I think this this change of the guard at, at defensive back is, is very concerning and and not that I don't believe in, in Joshua Williams but this is his first start and he was basically the Chiefs fifth choice uh, as a cornerback and passed up by a seventh rounder and I think Josh Allen is just playing at an MVP level so um I guess I I guess I'm going to pick against the Chiefs maybe 30 to 24 Buffalo I I just feel like with all these injuries and with the way that the Bills looked against the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's just hard for me to fathom the Chiefs being able to pull out this win. I, I think they're going to need all their their players. Um, let everybody know where they can get you real quick. Yep, PG Sween on Twitter. And if you want to read some of the stuff that we've been covering this week on the Chiefs side, you can go to arrowheadpride.com. Beautiful. Thanks so much, Pete. We Thanks, appreciate Pete. you, man. Thank you, guys. All right, take care. All right, that was Pete Sweeney uh, from Arrowhead Pride. Great uh, quick hit to get us started here. We got a lot still to get into Ryan Tao, but we have an update on where the Bills are at headed into this game, and it is a pretty good update. Speaking of a good update, the tailgate and go kitchen, Ryan Talbot. We've been mm. talking about this for weeks. Portable outdoor kitchen with a dry box made for any outdoor cooking setting. You can set it up in the backyard, the backwoods, stadium parking lot in seconds. It comes with a built-in cutting board, paper towel holder, bottle opener, spice rack, food divider compartment, storage lit net and lid, and a knife magnet. Um, it's our favorite time of the year at Tops. It's tailgate season, and you can win the ultimate tailgate accessory from Tops just by purchasing your favorite brands that you already love. Now through October 29th. Every time you use your Tops Bonus Plus card to purchase participating brands like Pepsi, Campbell's, Smithfield, and so many more, you're automatically entered for a chance to win it. Complete details, topsmarkets.com slash red zone. So Ryan Talbot, the Bills are the healthiest they've been yeah. in a long time. 
Absolutely crazy. Uh, it looks like Jordan Phillips is, is, you know, he's on the fence in terms of whether or not he's going to play in this game, obviously. Uh, re-aggravated the hamstring against Pittsburgh. But everyone else, you know, was given a, a no designation pretty much. Uh, so really encouraging to see. But, you know, Matt, one reason I like when you, we bring on these guests from other uh, other cities is the similarities between these two teams. Young secondary. Both teams have it. Both teams actually passed up a higher draft pick to play a late day three pick and start one. We had Benford here in Buffalo over Elam early in the year, and they went with a seventh round pick over a fourth round pick. Not quite the same, but the strength of the defense has been the, the front seven for the Chiefs. It, it's been the defensive line and the linebackers for the Bills, too, to help with that back end. So there's a lot of similarities between these two teams. But the one big difference, you mentioned it, the Bills are much healthier going into this game where it matters, and that's on the back end. I mean, not having Jordan Phillips in this game, it's, you know, you'd love to have him healthy, but as a questionable, like you know, we'll see how that plays out. The more important two pieces, like if you were power ranking, like at the three levels of the defense, Jordan Poyer, Tremaine Edmonds and Jordan Phillips, I have Jordan Poyer at the top of that power rankings list, like to have him available in this game, his experience, his reps against this Kansas City Chiefs offense, they're going to be, you know, invaluable in this game to, to not only to have that piece back there. Cause listen, most of these battles, these wars have been with Tredavious white back there. Levi Wallace, who's no longer uh, in the, in the, in the mix, Micah Hyde, who's out for the season. So young players like Damar Hamlin and Christian Benford, if he's back, no designation this week, maybe he makes his return. Kyrie Elam, however you want to kind of play this out. I actually think this could be a spot for Benford. If, if you like him more as a physical tackler, if everything's okay with that hand, maybe you give him a little bit more of an opportunity in this game, have him, Maybe go 60-40 with Kyrie Elam. Um, although I will say Elam's tackling has been fine. I think they've liked a lot of parts of, of that part of his game. But yeah, you have a lot of different options. But to me, Poyer was the most important piece of all that. Yeah, uh, it's huge for the back end of this defense. And you know, we were singing praises for DeMar Hamlin and how well he's played. So now you match him up with Poyer at safety. We've, we know the cornerback position uh, is going to have a challenge against Patrick Mahomes specifically. Dane Jackson, though, is playing solid football. You mentioned Elam. He has been a great tackler. That was one of his big weaknesses coming out. And, and then Benford. You know, the only question I have about Benford, even without any injury designation, is how much is that club going to hamper his play in terms of playing mm -hmm. physical, in terms of possibly being able to make a play on a ball? Because when you really only have one good hand, you're probably not going to inter intercept anything. And I really think, though, whoever the cornerback is playing opposite Dane Jackson really is going to get picked on a lot, whether it's Benford because of that injury or Elam based on what happened in that Steelers game where he gave up 10 receptions for over 100 yards. So there's a couple parts of this. Like, I Getting picked on a lot is fine. I think if you can just make sure that you're aware of where Travis Kelsey is on the field and you mm -hmm. hope that he's not the one doing the picking. Uh, because, you know, guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, Valdez-Scantling, I mean, they're going to make plays, but I, I don't necessarily fear them in the same ways that you fear uh, Kelsey going off. Great question by Hesse, or Hefe in the chat. Who is covering Kelsey? Well, you're probably going to see a lot of Matt Milano. I think it's going to be a combination approach. Matt Milano and Taron Johnson. I put out a tweet earlier today. Matt Milano's allowing when targeted this year, 57.3 passer rating against that ranks 20th in the NFL among players with 150 coverage snaps or more. So when you're talking, and that includes cornerback safeties, everything, he has been one of the best coverage players in the NFL. And that has led to the success that the bills have had against the tight end position. We're talking about no tight, no tight end has scored a touchdown against the bills this year. And after giving up three for 39 or five for 39 to Tyler Higby in week one, 
the next four games, the Bills allowed at the tight end position, six catches for 52 yards. Unbelievable production this year so far against tight ends. Yeah, and I like both players in that scenario. Taron Johnson's one of the best nickel cornerbacks in the league. Uh, he can cover well against tight ends. He had a few penalties a few weeks ago, uh, obviously, but he is still one of the best in the game. But then Milano. Milano is that physical player. Uh, he can cover. He has great speed, great attributes. Uh, so while Kelsey's going to get his fair share of catches and opportunities, uh, the Bills, I think they're going to really be focused in and dialed in on slowing him down specifically in the passing game and daring those wide receivers to to beat them on Sunday. You know, speaking of the defense, before we kind of flip things over, and we're going to get into our keys to the game, uh, our value keys to the games, if you will, uh, and our, our predictions here in a moment. But I was I was messing around on Pro Football Focus earlier today. I put out the, some of those coverage stats, but then I was looking at the pass rushers, and I was kind of I kind of wanted to just check to see where Von Miller checked in uh, uh, on the pass rush win rate that the uh, PFF does, and it depends on who you go through. Like ESPN has a different uh, metric. I think they all individually look at each rep and and then and then rank them. And I was surprised to see, Ryan, Von Miller on PFF, uh, based on their pass rush, rush win rate, is down to number 12. Guess who's number two in the NFL in pass rush win rate, according to PFF? Who's that? Greg Russo. 25%, right behind Nick Bosa. And listen, he's got four sacks. I, I, I think you can make the argument that a lot of his success comes from scheme and the way that they rush as a four-man group. And that's that's all well and good, but the production is there. You're seeing a lot of... Um, good signs from that piece. And listen, yeah. go back to last year's game, Ryan. Greg Rousseau was a difference maker, tackle for a loss, sack, interception. I mean, he was absolutely outstanding in that game last season. They're going to need him in this game again. Big time. And, and you know, before we went on live, you, you and I were talking about the Raiders game against the Chiefs, and you mentioned Max Crosby, the success he had. But then you mentioned he played 90% of the snaps in that game. Right. So by the end of the fourth quarter, even in the, in the third quarter, he was probably gassed and pretty winded. The Bills aren't going to do that with Rousseau, with Von Miller. They're going to rotate their guys in. Mm-hmm. Uh, that means Boogie Basham will get his opportunities. Epinesa will get his opportunities. Possibly Shaq Lawson if they go with all five of their guys there at D.N. Uh, so they're going to be fresh at the end of the game. And Greg Rousseau, like you mentioned it there, he has had an outstanding season. It's flown under the radar uh, because of how good some of these other players in this defense has been, have been. Jordan Poyer, every game he's played, he's had an interception. Matt Milano playing at an all-pro level. The defensive line as a collection, shutting down run defense after run defense, or running team, I should say. Uh, they've been great in run defense. So, He's flown under the radar, but up until last week, he had at least half of a sack in every game this season, and he's still winning in terms of the pass rush win rate, like you mentioned. So uh, it's funny you mentioned Shaq Lawson. I was I was kind of making my way around the the locker room today, asking a lot of guys about Von Miller's impact because when I asked Sean McDermott about him this morning, you know, he said something interesting. He basically alluded to the fact that it's not always about what Von Miller says; it's just more about the aura that he brings like the, the confidence level, the cool nature, the calmness that he has in the building. So I asked Shaq Lawson, who goes back to the first iteration of this defense, you know, when he was first here, he's obviously been gone for a couple of years. He has not played the chiefs um, since 2017. And so I said, what's the biggest difference now seeing what it looks like with these young guys and with Vaughn, check this out. I'm going to try to play this for you guys. Obviously, you haven't been here the last couple of years, but most teams, as well as anybody, what's the biggest difference here now for you guys as a group? Sure. Well, the biggest difference, man, you got a guy that's 
that can end the game at any time or guys to take over the game, you know. And I think that's that's been a missing piece for the last couple couple years. Like that just that last rush and things like that. And they got a guy that just can impact the game from start to finish. What does he add in a week that like Sean was saying? Like, it's not always what he says, but it's just like the vibe that he kind of has. Yeah, yeah. He always brings great energy, you know. Um, he always tells us to keep a positive attitude, don't speak bad energy. So when you hear those words from a guy, older guy that's, that's won it, go and did all that, man. You, you take even that and want to listen and try to make your game better as that. So having him around, man, it's, it's, it's just like, He'll lead about how he speaks off the field, and not just how he plays, just off the field too. So, like, really, like, you know, strong words from Shaq Lawson. Uh, the impact that he's had in the building, you can see that from a vet that's been in a bunch of different locker rooms now over the last couple of years, has played a lot of years in this league, and it, it just changes. The dynamic changes when you have somebody that is proving it on the field but then proving it in the locker room too, Ryan. Yeah, and and that's big because you know you see players get big paydays and they might show up in, in on the field, uh, but maybe that locker room aspect's not there. But when you you bring in someone like Von Miller and some of these uh, players that the Bills bring in year in year out, they also make sure that they're a good locker room fit. That that speaks volumes to what Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott look for in the culture uh, piece of this and. and uh, I'm really interested to see what they're going to do on Sunday and in a matchup that America is going to be watching. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about our keys of the game, this offense as well, but um, I got a little special guest here. Mr. Bills fan all of a sudden. Uh, can't get enough of the Bills. Oh, and his mom uh, just took my daughter to dance class. So I told him he could come down uh, and give his prediction. What do you think is going to happen when the Bills play the Chiefs on Sunday? Um, They're going to win. <laughs> I think the Bills are going to win because they're really good. What Which players are really good? Um, Josh, Diggs. Um, I don't know anybody else's name. That's all right. <laughs> well, what's the final score going to be? Um, 2,100 to All right, see you later. <laughs> all right, see you later with all this stuff. <laughs> Go play with your guns. All right, so, um, yeah, he just wanted to give his official prediction. It's funny, Ryan, watching him kind of get into the game. It's a little bit different. Like, you get to watch the games with Owen most of the time. I Like, that's the weirdest thing. Like, I grew up watching Bill's games with my father. And I never get to watch them with him. So my wife always kind of comes back, gives me the report, like week by week, incrementally, he's kind of getting 
um, or <laughs> understanding of it. That's and awesome. it's just, it's cool. It's cool to see it kind of like the eyes kind of wa- getting wide open, but yeah, great stuff in the chat. He, ba- he basically said bills by a billion, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, it, and it, that is one of the benefits is being able to watch the games uh, with my kids, try, seeing them get more involved. You know, they're not sitting there watching every moment of every game, but uh, they, they know the players, they get excited when the team scores touchdowns. So it, it's one of the fun parts of the job for sure. Value Home Centers, head over to their website right now. The weekly ad is up as always. They're bringing deals at you every week from uh, drills to uh, paint paint uh, supplies to grills, batteries I even see on the cover of this week's uh, ad. They got you hooked up. And if you join their text program by texting VALUE, V-A-L-U to 80692, you start saving even more. You'll receive exclusive coupons, see uh, the weekly deals and so much more. Uh, Value Home Centers also brings you the keys to the game, Ryan Talbot. You go Mm. first. It's simple for me, Matt. Last year in the playoffs, they said they couldn't get after Patrick Mahomes. Enter Von Miller. You have Von Miller. You have Greg Russo. You have a much improved defensive tackle position. For the Bills to win this game, the defensive line has to disrupt Patrick Mahomes, make him uncomfortable, sack him, hit him, uh, get your hands up, bat a few passes up into the air, good things can happen. If they can do that, the Bills can go on the road in this game and, and pull one out and uh, move on and, and move to 5-1 and one on the season. I think anywhere you want to start on that pass rush and handling, dealing with Patrick Mahomes works in this situation. But I'm going to go more in terms of operationally right? Like you're going to be on the road. You're going to be in this environment. I was outside as they were, we were waiting to get kind of let in to go into the locker room. We were outside. So we could still hear them practicing at the outdoor facility. And they had the, you know, the arrowhead music blasting, the chant, and you know that the crowd is going to be going crazy. And so it's about what we saw them do down the stretch in Baltimore when the execution was just so perfect in every facet of the game from clock management to awareness to making plays when you needed to make them on both sides of the ball complimentary football you have to be perfect operationally we saw it in 13 seconds this is the kind of team that can be you they're so good and and, and i'll add to that as well you got to take one of the strengths of the chiefs away from them and what do they do better than almost anybody in the league, Ryan Talbot, 78% of the time they're scoring touchdowns when they get into the red zone. They get in the red zone a lot. And that's the only reason that that's uh, that number is as low as it is. But because of that, Patrick Mahomes, 15 touchdown passes, 13 of them have come from 10 yards and in. So once they get close to the goal line, they're putting it in. So as a defense, the Bills have to stand up. They like to take away explosive plays, and that style has worked, and that's what's bit them a couple of times. But in, in addition, you've got to hold up in the red zone because if you let them march down, have these long drives, and then end drives with six points, it's going to be that back-and-forth uh, slugfest, and you leave yourself open to what happened last year. And, and obviously, I don't think anybody's predicting the craziness of a fourth quarter that happens like that again, but you probably want to avoid it at all costs. Absolutely. Don't get yourselves in a scenario where uh, you're, you're playing prevent, you mess up on the kickoff, all of that stuff. So the Bills certainly don't want to be there. I think they have a, a good advantage in this game based on the uh, secondary issues that the Chiefs are facing right now. So let's see if the Bills can go out and execute on both sides of the ball when all is said and done. In addition to the keys to the game, I want you to pick out one player and I'm going to do the same. 
what is the one player that if you're going to this game and like not Josh Allen and Von Miller and Stefan or and Stefan Diggs, like those are obviously the guys that got to show up and make make big plays in this game. But who do you think in this game you're kind of zeroing on? Like this has to be uh, this guy game where you're where we're talking about him on the post game show. Boy, you know, I think there's a lot of different ways you can go. And I, I'm not going to use Gabe Davis either, because I think Gabe Davis, after a four touchdown performance against Kansas City, he's an obvious choice, too. I'm going to go with Khalil Shakir. I, I'm going to say that slot position. I know Isaiah McKenzie's cleared concussion protocol. I know that he's going to get some opportunities, but Shakir can do a lot for this team. Uh, return game, especially if you don't want to put McKenzie back there, if you're worried about him coming off a concussion. We saw a 34-yard kick return in that matchup. We saw someone that was comfortable getting open, making contested catches, uh, running good routes. I think he could sneakily have a good game here on Sunday, Matt. What about you? I'm going to go to Roger Saffold. And I think it's been kind of a slow grind to get to the point of the season where he's starting to you know play at the level that I think some hoped. I think last game was maybe his best. He got a big job on on Sunday. And we talked about this interior of this line, but also Deion Dawkins having a chance to play next to a Pro Bowl caliber player. And that that left side of the line with Mitch Morse included is is three guys that you can really count on. And they're gonna that that's the matchup of the game when you're talking about protecting Josh Allen, letting him kind of settle into the pocket and try to make some plays. Roger Saffold's gonna have to hold up against one of the elite players in the league. And they, listen, they've done it. It's funny. I was listening to Sal Capaccio the other day. Uh, I, don't, I can't remember what show he was on. He does so many on GR. Shout out to Sal, man. We got to get him on the show soon. Uh, guys are always working. But um, he was he was talking about just the gauntlet the Bills have faced in terms of defensive tackles. You start with Aaron Donald. You know, then you go to Jeffrey Simmons. You played this last week, Cam Hayward. I mean, everywhere you turn, it has been really, really good interior defensive lineman. And, and this is going to be another example of that this week. Chris Jones is as good as it is. And I was, I asked quickly Roger Saffold, I'm going to put out the clip of it on, on Twitter uh, probably later today. So look out for that about what's the challenge of playing against them. And he's like, basically he can make you look bad at any given time. And I feel like in these kinds of games against these kind of players, a lot of veterans like this, they tend to raise their games. And if he can raise his game and offer really solid play alongside Mitch Morris and Deion Dawkins who have been through the wars against this, this chiefs front before that to me is kind of a sneaky key to the game. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, you know, we've talked all week about containing guys like Chris Jones and this offensive line and the task that they have ahead of them. If they can protect Josh Allen and give him the time to pick on that banged up secondary, uh, there's no reason the bills can't go out and, and have another outing where they score 30 plus points. I'm actually looking up cause he actually referenced playing against uh, the chiefs in the AFC championship game back in 2019. And that was the Super Bowl year for the Chiefs. And so that was them at their peak when they were you know, the toughest to deal with. And I'm and I'm actually looking at, I, I seem to remember thinking that Chris Jones looked really good in that game, but I want to bring up the stats to see if anything pops out. Two tackles, one quarterback hit, no sacks for Chris Jones hmm. in that game a couple of years ago. So yeah, to me, Roger Saffold, he, he's a very important piece in this game, as is Morse and as is Dawkins. Ryan Bates on this other side when he ends up having to, to deal with them. But when the Bills have faltered a little bit offensively against this team, it's when they've let Jones wreck the game a little bit. So anyway, moving on to the prediction portion of the program. What do you got for us, Ryan Talbot? Yeah, you know, I was kind of just like Pete. I was ready early this week to say, uh, you know, they're going on the road. They're favored. I just feel like it's the perfect storm for the, the Chiefs to come in here and win this game. But 
with how the secondary is banged up in Kansas City, I have the Bills winning this game 35 to 24. 35-24. So I put in my pick every week. Uh, our producer, Mike Courtney, who just celebrated a birthday a couple days ago. Happy birthday to Mike if he ends up seeing this. Every, he would ask for that every Tuesday uh, for our pick. So I got to kind of really make a pick. And then, you know, sometimes I talk it through on here if maybe things have changed a little bit. And it, it's changed a little bit. Like at the beginning of the week, I had the Bills winning 41-31. to 31, And I'm sticking with that. But it, it's kind of like similar to a couple weeks ago where you could start to see like maybe this thing isn't as close as, it, as you think it's going to be going into it. I just think the Bills are so loose. They're so calm and cool. Like just Sean McDermott, watch both of his press conferences this week, Ryan. It's a complete flip. He seems so relaxed. Like he was talking in detail today about – Josh Allen is a leader and his experience with Vaughn. I asked him about facing Andy Reid and how much that dynamic has changed over the years. And he said he actually offered, which usually kind of gives you a couple platitudes and moves on. He said early on, it was about, you know, trying to like impress your mentor a little bit, right? He didn't say that exactly, but that's kind of how I phrased the question. And he said, but it's changed over time because they've, they've played so many games now. It's really just about the competitive piece now. He said, Andy wants to beat my tail and I want to beat his tail. So it's not so much about mentor and mentee as much as it is two of the best programs in the NFL right now, the Chiefs and the Bills quarterbacks in their dead in the middle of their prime. Josh Allen at kind of the beginning of his and Patrick Mahomes at the beginning of his as well. I, I think these guys have potentially a five or six year window of their prime, maybe even more. And so this is what it's all about. It's the competition and it's going to be fun to watch. I think the Bills have more paths to victories if they play the way that I think they're going to play. It's a big game. They've been there before. And that's another thing too. What sets up interesting about this, Ryan, is that if they win this game and they go on to win the number one seed and get the bye and Kansas City actually ends up having to play in Buffalo after losing to the Bills in the regular season, the dynamic of that game completely changes. And I just think if both teams are healthy and all things being considered, and I know you never got it, you never want to rule out uh, Patrick Mahomes. But it's just it's, it will feel like a little bit of a paradigm shift in the NFL if the Bills handle business in a big way this week and then host the AFC championship game, if that's what it ends up being. Sure. And I agree with that completely, but even building off of that point, I've had so many fans on social media, shout fans, bills fans this week saying, Oh, they're playing Kansas city again. And next year again, why does it keep getting played in Kansas city? I actually think that's advantageous for the bills. There's nothing that they can't be surprised come playoff time. What it's going to be like atmosphere wise, because they already played their two years in the playoffs. Right. They've been playing there in the regular season. Uh, if anything, like you said, if the Bills host it in the in the playoffs, host the Chiefs, that is, it's a whole new world for Kansas City and not the other way around. So the Bills, you know, win or lose this game, if they meet up in the playoffs and it's at Arrowhead again, the Bills are going to be more than comfortable going in there and they're going to be able to give it, you know, their best shot. Realistically, Trey White will be back in the mix there after having multiple games under his belt in the regular season and playoffs. And uh, they'll be even healthier than they are going into this game in an ideal world. So. Uh, I, I don't mind the fact that once again, the bills find themselves in Kansas city because it, listen, you want to be able to beat the best and even beat the best on the road, because that's how you build that championship medal. If you want the best tops is going to hook you up all weekend long. Get you set up for game day, uh, get your tailgate spread ready. If you're cooking out uh, in the backyard, I mean, I, I think the weather is supposed to be decent in Buffalo on Sunday. Uh, I haven't looked too much at it, but whether or not, whatever you need, Tops has got you covered. Hot to go, fresh, large, and cheese and pepperoni pizza, 14 bucks. Perfect for game day or any day. 
Uh, it's the Tops Carryout Cafe is where you want to go. Jumbo chicken wings, 10 count, $14. The legendary breakfast pizza, good at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The largest $20 pizza and taco logs, six count, $7.69. Baby back rib sections, $5.99 a pound. Sub sandwiches, wraps, apps, sides, and so much more. Visit topsmarkets.com slash redzone for the complete menu of ready-to-enjoy fan favorites. Oh, man, Ryan Talbot, my flight hits uh, wheels up at noon tomorrow. We will nice. be in Kansas City. I expect to have some great barbecue and then cover a football game on Sunday. Don't miss the pregame show. Uh, we will be live at 11 on your CBS affiliate if you're in New York State. And then also uh, you can watch the first half hour online. Uh, for Ryan Talbot, I am Matt Perino. See you in a couple of days, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.